0: And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: We could talk about all the positive characteristics of some of these biblical characters. In fact, we've done quite a bit of that. We've talked about the areas that they're strong and how God has used them. But I'm the kind of person that would prefer to dig in and find the humanity of these individuals. That just really has a lot to do with the way that I approach preaching and a lot of other things. Don't make the mistake of placing these individuals on a pedestal, as we sometimes do. And definitely don't make the mistake of placing pastors today on a pedestal because we we have a lot of flaws and we make a lot of mistakes. But found in almost all biblical characters, as we look at a reflection of the ones that we've talked about in this series with Deborah and Elisha and Moses and today Gideon, what we see is a dark place of shame or anxiety about trusting God. That's familiar to a lot of us. Can we really step into this and fully trust this? Most of us have been in that experience before if we don't regularly go through it. There's also this willful stubbornness about our own direction or our own way. Like, well, God, I I sense that you're telling me I should be doing this. I know this is probably a good thing, but I really kind of like my own way. I'm going to try this out and see how it goes. Most of us have experienced that or experienced that on a regular basis. And then also admitting that we've messed up. How often do we have to come to God and say, I just really screwed up. I tried to go my own way and it didn't work out so well. So if you hold on to any of those characteristics, like trying to go your own way, having anxiety about trusting God, knowing that you've messed up, you're in very, very good company. We're in the final Sunday of Advent, because Advent technically ends on December the 24th, All right, and that's going to be next Saturday. And we're in the fourth part of this series, Emmanuel, God with us. And what we're doing is we're looking at this Old Testament passage that's then reflected in the New Testament about this idea of God's name being Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then we're taking four Old Testament characters and looking at how this plays out in their lives. This theme comes from an important passage prophesized around 700 years before the birth of Jesus, and Isaiah says it this way in Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord will give you a sign: the young woman is a pregnant, is pregnant, and about to give birth to a son, and we shall call him, or she will be called, Emmanuel. Now, 700 years later. We see this in the gospel of Matthew in the first chapter. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel with an E. Like I said, that's just a Greek transliteration, which means God with us. There is little language that we use as intimate And as important as this idea of God with us, because it brings everything in together, especially in those difficult moments when we're having to make big decisions, when we're going through a particular kind of conflict in our lives, when we're stepping forward in obedience, understanding the intimacy of this language, God with us. So in our final week, what I want to do is analyze this man named Gideon. And this does happen to be my favorite Old Testament story. If you were to ask me two characters in the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament, that I relate to the most, one would be Jonah, but because I ran for so long. And then the other one would be Gideon, because of the doubts that he has about himself, but also some of the doubts that he has about God. I'm just a, a cynic by nature, still to this day. And just being transparent, you know, last week before my prayer time on on Tuesday, I believe it was, I was saying to myself, am I really doing good at this job? Like, am I really providing, you know, for this church, uh, what this church needs in this time? Those kinds of things still, you know, strike me on a regular basis so I can really relate to where Gideon's coming from. So we're going to be in the book of Judges, if you want to turn there, Judges chapter 6. We were actually in Judges chapter 4, Just a few weeks ago, whenever we were talking about Deborah, Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16, and this is my prayer today that this message, I know that there are some of you in here, and you're in a transitional period of, of, of your life. Maybe because of a great deal of fear or anxiety. Maybe it's because you know that God has called you to do something, and this is and, and you're, you have a fear about stepping into that. Maybe you're in a struggle with your identity, with where you are right now, and you're trying to figure some of those things out. Maybe you've been trying to figure these things out for, for months, if not years, but you feel like you're at some turning point. This is going to be a very important word for you today. It's it's, it's cool that we're talking about this as the last time that we're together this year. Judges chapter 6 and verses 11 through 16, this is what the passage says, just a few short verses. Then the Lord's messenger came and sat under the oak at Ophrah that belonged to Joash, Joash the Abizarite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press to hide from the Midianites. So he's in a situation, keep in mind, the first thing that we know about this guy, Gideon, is that he's in a situation where he's hiding. The Lord's messenger appeared to him, this is an angel in some of your translations, appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But Gideon replied to him, with all due respect, my Lord, this is the first time of two that he says, with all due respect, or or, can I get your attention about this? If the Lord is with us, this is just such a Matt Smith thing, then why have all these things happened to us? Where are the amazing works that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, didn't the Lord bring us out of Egypt? You see, Gideon did not live in a lifetime in which he got to experience the goodness of God at this point. Instead, he's a product of oppression and just hearing about how good this God apparently is. But now the Lord has abandoned us and allowed Midian to overpower us. This is what I've seen in my lifetime. Then the Lord turned to him and said, You have strength to go and rescue Israel from the power of Midian. Am I not personally sending you? But Gideon again, or Matt Smith, said to him, Well, with all due respect, my Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest of my household. The Lord replied, because I am with you, same thing, I didn't talk to Pastor Mark about exactly what he was going to cover, but this is the exact same thing he said to Moses, because I am with you, you'll defeat the Midianites as if they were just one person, this large army, as if they were just one person. So the angel of the Lord appears to a common man, why? Because that's what God does. What the world throws away, God makes the decision to use. God specifically says to Gideon, what I want you to do is save Israel out of the hand of Midian. This is a big task, right? There's a lot going on here. So Gideon doubts this, and he doubts this because he knows his own limitations he knows there are certain things that I can do, but honestly, I'm kind of a coward right, I'm hiding in fear. I'm doing this work that I'm supposed to be doing isolated by myself because I just don't see myself as a very strong person. But he's also very, un- he's also fearful of the unknowing. So think about that. He has some self-doubts and he's fearful of the unknowing. Sound familiar? That's a lot of us that are in this room right now. But then what God does is he promises him and he calls him mighty warrior. And eventually that's what the name Gideon is going to come to mean is mighty warrior. So how will Gideon exhibit the reality of Emmanuel or God with us? And what is it through this Christmas season, through this Advent season that you can take with you today? And guys, this is going to be so, so important for so many of you in your everyday lives, the first thing that you need to recognize that we've already talked about is this. Gideon has issues that are common to many of us. In fact, I would go as far as to say Gideon has issues that are common at one time or another to all of us. He is unsure of himself, and he is unsure of God. Now, that's a lot of uncertainty. He's unsure of himself. What are you certain in if you're unsure of yourself? and you're also unsure of God. It's where so many people are. So this is what it says in verse 13, and then going to verse 15. He says, pardon me, my Lord, or with the other translation, all due respect, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is really with us, why have all these things happened? Where are all his wonders and where that the ancestors told us about? Did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us over to the hand of Midian. So many of you are saying right now, well, well, I'm sorry, Matt, because I know you've said God does all these wonderful things. But what about this that happened in my life? What about that? I didn't see this coming at 32. I didn't see this happening at 65. I didn't see these things happening. So this good God that you're talking about, well, it's just a little bit hard to trust in this God that you're talking about. But then he goes on in verse 15 and says, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. Not only do I come from a super weak group of people, but I am actually the weakest out of those people. This is where you may be saying, well, I am definitely, like in the case of Moses last week, not a public speaker. I am definitely not a bold person. I am crippled by these physical problems, or I'm crippled by these psychological issues. I've got all these other things competing in society that I feel like seem like pretty good options. I just don't have a lot of confidence that I can do what it is that you're actually trying to call me to do. So most of us start where Gideon does, and here's where we start. How can I? That's the question that we ask. And I don't care if you're a teenager or if you're a senior in here right now. A lot of times the questions that we ask is, how can I? I'm struggling with my own belief. I'm struggling with fear about this. I'm struggling with the direction that my my kids are making the decision to take. I have all of these things going on, so how is it that I can do this? This statement These three words, more than almost anything else in human history, have kept thousands, if not millions, of people from missing God. When they've stopped and said, how can I? God doesn't know my backstory. I can't do these things. There's simply no way that that is going to work. We doubt ourselves because we know ourselves. But God is not interested in where you've been God is interested in where he wants to take you. And that is the only thing that matters. If God cared about your past and everything that you've done, he would have never used the the Apostle Paul. If God cared about your weaknesses and the things that you struggle with, as Pastor Mark spoke about last week, he would have never used Moses. If God cared about how other people perceive you He could have never used Jesus of Nazareth because of how the Gentiles and the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees and everyone looked at him. The only thing that God cares about, regardless of what is going on in your life right now, is this question right here. Will this individual be faithful? Will this individual step out into direction that is unfamiliar to them? Something that they simply cannot recognize and cannot understand. Will they have the confidence, oh, you're poor? So what? You're uneducated? So what? Everybody makes fun of you. They say that you're not going to amount to anything. You struggle. So what? It is God who calls what the world would generally throw away. She's finished. He's done. There's nothing left of them. There is nothing there that can be used but also take into consideration that he has a hard time trusting God. You see, God uses weakness for one reason or or uses people who recognize their weakness for one reason because that's when we're able to recognize and he sees that we are ready to be used. Like most of us, if he's having a hard time trusting God, he's witnessed some of the hard things go on in his life. As I've already mentioned, this is not a prosperous time for Israel. This is not a time in which he's able to look and say, oh, look at all the wonderful things that God has done. Instead, he finds himself in a position of oppression in which he is living in fear uh, for his life. Have you been in a position before where you feel like your life or the things that are going on because they're so complex or so different or so shameful are too big or too much for God to manage? It's where so many people are today. And what we do is we shrink God down and we make God really, really small. And we make culture really, really big because everyone is fighting for our attention at all times. But something happens within Gideon. And this is where the transition occurs. You see, he has this self-doubt. He has this doubt in God. He thinks there's no hope whatsoever. He sees his weaknesses. He sees the mountains and the circumstances of the problems that he has. And you guys have these too. Okay, I have these as well. We all have these It's part of it. But then he's witness to something that turns everything upside down. And this is what it is right here. Gideon becomes a personal witness to the work of God. He's able to see just a little bit that propels him forward in this walk of faith, and he's able to do what he has to do. In three short chapters, we see Gideon's doubt turn to confidence in God. There's some doubt in this room right now. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I just don't know about all this stuff. I go to church because my husband asks me to, or my wife makes me, in order for us to be able to get along you know, that's a compromise, that I, but, but I'm just not quite sure about all of this stuff. It's a position that so many people are in. But in three short chapters, we see Gideon's doubt turn into confidence. And as a result of this new found faith, which, which accesses something within you that's not even human, Gideon conquers the Midianites. If we were to read further ahead, if we were to look into chapter eight, this is what it would say. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, keep in mind that the only vision that we have right now is a doubter who is threshing wheat in fear. That's the only vision at this point that we have of Gideon. And look at what happens. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, this is after the conquering. Okay, this is this. I'm the least of these. Keep in mind, try to picture this in society today. I'm the least of these. I have no power. I have no self-worth. Even though people tell me I'm wonderful, I can't seem to see my value. I just can't see it at all. Then these men say to Gideon, rule over us, the weakest of these, rule over us, both you and your son. We want generations of Gideon's ruling over us. Also your son's son, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, this God that he had no confidence in, this God that he really didn't believe in, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Gideon starts out hiding because of fear, and in the end, he is conquering because of faith. And this happens all because of one God with us moment. And this is really where I want to pull this whole thing together today. And this is what I want you to see is the most important thing. There is a six-word statement that is said, I believe it's six words, A, a statement that is said that I want each one of you to take in today within the midst of your struggles, your doubts, your your questions, your concerns, which by the way, are all very legitimate probably. They're probably all good questions and concerns. But this is what he says. Am I not personally sending you? I'm going to tell you something. In my dark moments, and in those places when I'm struggling, and I maybe question my calling, my calling, or what's going on in the life of my family, or where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. There is this message, and some of you may not even realize until today, where you're sitting right now with the activity of the Holy Spirit working within you, that you are being sent. And even though you are living a different lifestyle, and even though you're doing everything that you can to push God away, there will be this whisper that begins today, If it's not already present now. This says, I know you're afraid. I know this doesn't make any sense. I know that you don't feel as if you have the resources. I know as if you feel like you don't have the support. But but wait a minute, does any of that matter? Because I am personally sending you. Not one of my angels, not one of my many executives... You know, not this person or that prophet or this king or this judge or anyone else. This is intimate. This is God with us. I know your life doesn't make sense. I know your calling seems scary. I know that walking into this unknown territory, out of this wine press, to conquer the Midianites, mighty warrior, I know this is strange. But am I not personally sending you? Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, you have strength. He says, no, but I don't have strength you have strength. So go and rescue Israel from the power of Midian. Am I not personally sending you? And this is the way that this looks in our lives. Matt, I understand your fear. I understand that it seems impossible. I get That you're insecure. I understand that. But am I not personally sending you to someone else that's here today? I know that you feel that you don't have a lot of resources. What about this? I know that you're getting older. I know that you're carrying all this weight. But am I not personally sending you someone else? I know the move will be tough. I know you don't know anyone in that town. I know the anxiety is growing, but am I not personally sending you? God changed Israel's fate because of the trust and the obedience of one person. One. It didn't start with an army. Think about the impact that your life can have if you level your weaknesses and your struggles and your doubts with whatever that might be, and you recognize that you are a vessel to be used, and that in every waking moment of your life, the love of God is surrounding you. Your insecure childhood, the person at the last job that told you you were no good, you were fired, Uh, The divorce that you've been through, whatever this looks like, it doesn't matter in the eyes of God because He loves you in a way that you can't be loved by anyone else in this world. And then you hear this whisper yeah, it's tough. It doesn't make any sense. It's certainly countercultural. The things that I'm asking of you are not the things that culture is asking of you. Because they want more and more and more of you in a different way. But am I not personally sending you? So Gideon's accomplishments. Please see this. A person that sees themselves as their brothers and sisters. And everyone else in their little community. As more important to them in a community that's viewed as not so important. Changing the fate of a nation. What are his accomplishments? He served as a judge over his people. In the same way, a few weeks ago, whenever we talked about Deborah, in that same way, before there's a monarchy in Israel, he serves as a judge, the fifth judge. He destroyed an altar to the pagan god, Baal. God united the Israelites against their common enemies. And they defeated The Midianites, today in our personal lives, what we want to do is we want to destroy Midian. Midian serves as a euphemism for the strongholds and whatever it is in your life in this very moment that is keeping you away from God. You see, on a daily basis, I talk to people who say, I want my marriage to be better. Or they say, I, I want to find a way uh, to deal with this distress or this anxiety. I want to find a way uh, to use my spiritual gifts. But you know what the problem is for so many people? They've not died yet. They've not died to themselves yet. So they want the benefits of some of these things that have to do with God. But they have never experienced the spiritual death. So where you see a lot of people at Believer's Church, and a lot of people within Christian communities, this is what they're doing, okay? This podium right here is the world. This podium is your promotion, and your your success, and the thriving of your children. But it's also all of your problems. So this is what people are doing. They're holding on, and they're saying, I want God, And they're reaching out like this. I'd like to have God in my life. I'd like to have some of the fortune. I'd like to have some of the blessings. I'd like to have some of those good people. While they're still holding on to this weight. And this is the reason they don't experience it. You start growing when your life is placed on the altar. And that is the only place that it can be. And that is the only place that it belongs. So so many of you that are trying this kind of in the middle of, I'm, I'm going to hold on to this, this achievement or this success or these wonderful things or, or, or what I think my future is supposed to turn out to, but yet you're searching for God. You can't do it if you're still holding on to the flesh. So Gideon has this moment of recognition. These things that he has to be able to see. And this is the beauty Of this wonderful story. That this nobody. This man named Gideon. Stepped out of the wine press. Because of his confidence. In six words. I might have a voice tonight. I might not. Am I not. Personally. Sending you. Am I not personally. Sending you. Excuse me. This God with us moment provided the confidence that he needed to let everything else go. And when God personally sends us doors open that we can't open. You didn't even know that door was there. You didn't even know it existed. Resources start to come in abundance. And you didn't know those resources were there. You didn't know those people were there. You didn't know, thank you, you didn't know that those resources were there or that those people were there. Hard hearts are softened. Broken relationships are mended and the gospel takes root in the lives of people. And this is what it's all about. Am I not, one day I'll just learn to carry water up here. One day I'll learn that. Am I not personally sending you? So here is your pre-Christmas question. Since this is the last time we're here together on a Sunday morning. You'll be here tonight, I know. But this is the last Sunday morning. Within your fears and your doubts. Oh, did you get me a bottle of water too? Oh, thank you. And insecurities. Are you willing to let go? For the God who is personally sending you listen the trip the ride it's crazy it's amazing what you never knew about yourself that as good as your spouse may be you just can't find in another person uh, that you can't find in a school system that you can't find in your politics that you can't find in corporate america that you can't find in any drug or any drink This amazing life that is given to us. So I tell you, if you're in a place of fear, or even if you're in a place where you think everything's okay, you do not have to spend your life threshing wheat in fear. God is doing the same work within you today. So you want to know where God is personally sending you. We could talk about all these exciting places. Like ministry, but first, God has to send some of you to rehab. God needs to send some of you to some pretty intense marriage counseling. God needs to send some of you uh, to your knees in prayer. God needs to send some of you to the commitment of making His Word part of your life every single day. He may not be sending you to Haiti just yet. He may not be sending you into ministry locally just yet. He may not be sending you to share your story just yet. Because there's some real brokenness that you have to walk through right now. So as we close this Advent practice, I pray that we enter 2023 embracing Everything that God wants to do in your life. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed. I'm going to get one more drink of water. There are some of you that I believe, no question, God is speaking to you today and God is personally sending you in your life. You don't know what that looks like. You just know that there is some kind of transition. There is some kind of next step. And what I'm going to do this morning, and of course, the altar is open to pray, as it always is. If you need to come down and pour your heart out, please do so. But something I like to do every once in a while, whenever people are going through specific things, is I like to anoint them. So what I'm going to do this morning If you are in that place in which you feel that God is speaking to you, but you don't know exactly what it looks like, but you know there's a next step, I would love to pray with you. I would love to anoint you. This morning, you can just form a single filed line up here. If you need to come up here and use this altar to pray, that's something else that we want to invite you to do. But where is God sending you? What is God doing in your life? this morning father we lift you up we thank you so much god for continuing uh, to work the way that you are in believers church god we pray this morning for rescue because we know that there are people that are trying to find their identity in so many other things and it's causing more tension it's causing further anxiety it's causing further be- bewilderness and confusion in their life simply because it's not the path that you have for them so my prayer this morning Father as we look toward the end of 2022 and as we look into a brand new year that Father we have people that have the boldness and the confidence Father to come forward and take this new direction Father today just to be the beginning we lift you up and we praise you, God, for the work that you are going to do in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we begin a new series. Also, we love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit believerschurchjc.com and enjoy the rest of your week.